justice for Chaz. It's September 21st, 2022, and this is Rare Encounter, encounter number 115, and checking out at the Hooker Express with 10 items or less. I'm Abel Kirby. And bringing Backstreet Front, I'm Cold Acid. Get the Backstreet Front, man. How you doing, buddy? Oh, man, it has been uh, it has been a hell of a ride this past week. Is it one of those crazy weeks where everything is happening at once? One of those kinds of weeks? Uh, one of those weeks where the only reason I haven't flown into a homicidal rage is because the people that I want to brutalize and murder are in a whole different country. Oh. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't help to go on such a rage at the office. Hmm. Okay, so what did I do to you again? It's not you. <laughs> okay, just check it. Well, in that case, I will uh, toast you. For uh, the having the restraint to not commit uh, a crime. Again, if the if the people who developed Sightfinity were local to me, we might we might have been doing this episode from a jail cell, or at least I would be. So, what are you going to explain what Sightfinity is? Because I have absolutely no idea. It's a horrible, horrible content management system. Oh, I see it. Made by Progress. Progress.com. Is that the that's yeah. the first thing that came up. Wow, what a what a URL. Interesting. I could I could pull a better CMS out of my asshole. <laughs> you blindfold me, tie my hands behind my back, and make me type everything out with my toes, and I would still program something better. Consider now the following. Yes, consider now the following. This is .NET Core. It can't be bad. It's .NET Core. Sitefinity is bad. <laughs> .NET Core is great. Sitefinity is a monstrosity. It is inhuman. <laughs> or at least its developers are probably inhuman. Mm, I see. It's one of those new lizard-made uh, CMSs. Yes. I hate it. <laughs> it's a cattle management service, and you're the cattle. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it didn't work. Maybe. Okay, I'll retract that. Well, we got some stuff to talk about, man. Uh, we got, um, I want to I want to lead off with Hitty Titty. Hitty Hello. I like the sound of that. Hold Hello. on a second, though. I'm, I'm, I mean, aren't we supposed to do something else first well, I was, at the beginning of episodes? I was going to do a throwaway bit. Like, what just... did you pop open? I heard you open a drink. Well, I opened the Budweiser King of Beers. Ah, okay. It went just the moment. I've got here... Yeah, I've got here Mandarin Haritos. Haritos? Haritos! That's the Haritos song. Mandarin Haritos. The Haritos song? The Haritos song. The Mandarin. Where do you find Haritos? Haritos. I know where to find Haritos, but I don't know where to find Haritos. I think, I think uh, Tunta can help. Isn't he uh, Senor Tunta? El Punta Huta? Tunta knows where to find the horitos. Let's see. The horitos. Let's see. Maybe Tawana. Tawana. Hey, man, I was in Tawana. You know, they got this thing they do down there with a donkey. You got to see it, man. It's like you never something you wouldn't. I can't even tell you. You wouldn't believe it. Ah! <laughs> 
Oh, Although that boy. was a goat, not a donkey. Ah, uh, yeah, that was the goat coming. <laughs> We've got. <laughs> well, I've, I'll, I'll, I'll preserve my hitty titty until after uh, some boostergrams because on that note, I want to talk about uh, some of the show stuff that we do right at the top. So you're listening to the Rare Encounter program, rareencounter.net. You can find our old episodes. We're a value for value show, and that means that we don't charge you anything to listen. It's a podcast, dog. You can just listen to it. But. If you enjoy it, uh, all we ask is if you get some love or uh, laugh or giggle out of it, you can send us a giggle back. And in, by giggle, I mean Satoshis, which are kind of like little giggles. They're uh, a, very little giggles. If you use a nude podcast. But there's app, lots of them. If you use a, uh, a podcasting 2.0 app, uh, then you can do that. And uh, we, it's much appreciated. Some people send that. We also take PayPal. We're not too picky. Uh, and we did get, if I'm not mistaken, something. Yes, we did. Uh, well, let's start off with that. Via PayPal, we got our our executive producer for tonight's show, none other than Serpent, who sent us a whopping... Oh, shit, where did the note go? A <laughs> I had, whopping... I <laughs> uh, not the note, my, my amount. $63.33 USD. Holy shit! Yeah! There's only... Sir... Yeah, serpent, uh, serpent singing, singing, there, 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 my tongue is fucked. Serpent <laughs> is slinging the gigasats over here. Yes. A big spender. Mmm. And yeah, he says, what's up, nerds? <laughs> Thanks for all the fun. Keep it up, but keep it in your pants. And you know what? I'm not going to keep it in my pants. He can't help it. In fact, fuck pants. Let's get rid of pants. Down with pants. Up with skirts. Up with skirts. You know, I saw a guy with one leg wearing pants. I thought, what a waste. He basically could get away with a skirt. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, what is a skirt but a one-legged pants? Well, no, because there's two legs still in them, unless you only have one leg. Yeah, but if you had one leg and you wore a skirt, isn't that the same as one-legged pants? Like, if you had a skirt, okay, and you had one leg, you could also, like, tie another skirt to you, and then you'd have just an empty skirt on the side, too, right? That's kind of like wearing pants. This makes for a very inter interesting topological experiment. Mm. A topological experiment? Yes, because this is, I mean, like, this sort of thing. This is this is topology, like, in the mathematic sense, right? I, I thought you, you meant you were going to use lotion. <laughs> The uh, the imagery of pants is interesting. I think pants should be used in more art, uh, especially modern art. You do do not often see art that is just pants, but you see art that's like, uh, oh, it's like paint splashed oh, on a wall, hold on but a it's second. not just pants. Oh, are we stopping? Cotton, Cotton Gin says this is not topology. I, I guess that means this is bottomology, actually. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Bottomology. Anti-pant movement. <laughs> Let's see. We've got Fletcher says Donald Duck was a pioneer of the anti-pant movement. I think I've heard of he that was. comic. I've heard that comic before. Let's see. But we got a bunch of we got a bunch of boostograms that we should cover as well. Uh, maybe these people were. And pants. I'll run through them. Yeah. They got some we got some reasonable size spenders. Uh, shortly after last week's episode, we got 44,444 sats from Lavish without a message. And he quickly followed that up with another 666 sats with the message, count towards my frequent faller miles. <laughs> All right. Uh, noted, Lavash. It is in, or Lavish, if that is your real name. Uh, it is now in your permanent record. 
I'm keeping track of yep. everyone's frequent faller miles. Earlier today, we got 3333 sats from Servo, and he said he was boosting from Crontab. So I guess he's hooked up Boost CLI to the Cron to the Cron jobs on his computer, so it'll now just automatically boost with that message every Wednesday. Hmm. Cool. Well, assuming assuming that he wasn't just stating that as his message and actually did it manually, in which case, tricky, tricky. Hmm. Yeah. It's one of those. We got another boost. Uh, 36,969 sats from Booberry. And, wow, this is a pretty lewd message. I'll blow everyone at this popsicle stand, he says. <laughs> He's going to get a fan. Now, that's, that, that now, popsicles, as opposed to, like, classical sickles, you know? Like, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an experimental sickle kind of guy, you know? I'm I'm all about the Gregorian sickles. <laughs> if you get together, are you is that a sickle cell? Is that what your band is? <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Boobery. And and just to emphasize, uh, the number was in fact uh, three six nine six nine. <laughs> it was. We got another boost from Boobery, and that was seventeen thousand seven hundred seventy six sats with the message. Remember, kids, electricity will fucking kill you. Yeah, Will. You're going to get zapped, dog. Yeah. Watch out for those lights. You're going to get are, zapped. Some of those are high Z -Z 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 Zap. You could have, like, some um, some crazy, like, arcing and burns and stuff with uh, with uh, just currents that you might use in everyday applications. So you got to be careful, man. Dude, people have been killed by capacitors. They have. Suddenly, next Mind thing you, you know, they were they were pretty sizable capacitors, but I got one right now. It's going. Stop yeah. masturbating with the capacitor. <laughs> oh, That's sorry. not what it's for. Let's see. We've got. It's just a one. We got over one SC. last one from Boobery as well. You want me to read it out? Uh, go for it. Yeah, sixty-six thousand six hundred sixty-six sats from Boobery just minutes before the show started, and he said. I'm the king of the castle, and you're the dirty rascal. Crash into me. Crash into me. I'm the king of the castle. Yes, we were playing some Dave Matthews band before the show, and uh, apparently got some good responses from the uh, from the troll room there. The interesting thing about that album is I used to listen to it on mini-disc. Mini-disc. Mini-disc, if you remember mini-disc. Uh, we had a couple songs on that, and I used to listen to it at work. We had a mini disc player connected to the the workbench PA, you know, that we would play through the lab, and we only had a couple albums. We had some jazz albums, we had Eminem, an Eminem album, and we had a, uh, I think a Sheryl Crow, and we had that one, Crash by Dave Matthews Band. And so that was before we had Pandora in there, uh, which we found out about about six months later. The uh, in the six months before we had a Pandora channel running, we listened to those albums over and over and over and over again. So when I hear Dave Matthews Band, it really that particular album actually brings me back to to being a dumb kid at a company uh, doing shit. Now the th the thing that gets me about mini disc is that it wasn't like an optical like a plain old optical disc. It was. It was magneto-optical. Yeah, it So was. it was like a cross between a tiny CD 
and a floppy disk mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. And I've never really I've never I've never really understood the whole concept behind that. It's just <clears throat> weird. So here's what happens is they have a laser that just heats up the the magnetic uh, material on the tape and the laser has a very small spot so it only heats up a small portion of it and the material that they coated this with um well the laser could bring it above i think it's called the curie temperature which is when the remagnetization is possible and so what you can do is remagnetize a smaller area by selecting it with a laser than you could with a read write head and that's the trick. That's what they did. Ah. It was really cool. And so it was magnetic, and it, but it had a shitload of capacity because of it. Um, and it also had some interesting features like it had, I'm just going off the top of my head now, it had all of the tracks were stored on the disc, but then the manifest of what, I think, like what track or sector each, each of the songs was on was stored separately. And so you could do something like take a mini disc that had a bunch of songs in order and then just rewrite it so that they were shuffled and you didn't have to um like copy the whole disc to another system rearrange cut and splice the audio and then copy the whole disc back you could just change basically the like the file table for it which was interesting for a cool. for the time i it's the only it's the only audio player of that era that i know that did that so it's very very interesting I did do a deep dive on mini discs once upon a time. I'm just reciting what I remember. So according according to the Book of Knowledge, as of August last year, Sony was still manufacturing mini discs for Japanese use. Mm-hmm. But uh, everywhere else is essentially you're buying old stock or or like uh, dwindling supplies of new stock from various vendors across like eBay and Amazon so like who knows who knows the quality but this actually this actually ties into one of the stories that I have today oh hit me if we want to go into that or if we want to no let's go do into something else I'm feeling your story right now let's do that okay so yeah uh this was an article from Ion Design uh AIGA Ion Design, and they interviewed uh, the last guy who is in the floppy disk business. They say, "Okay, so there is a there is a company out there that could well they're not manufacturing them, but they're continuing to sell floppy disks, and in fact they take in like if you've got like." floppies you're not using they will they will buy them uh process them make sure that the sectors are all good and then resell them yeah so there's this so this is floppydisk.com that's the company okay and yeah so you can buy like all like not just not just working one they have they will sell you non-working discs for or like art projects and shit as well, but yeah. yeah, you can buy you can buy like floppy disks by the by the box, right? Including still shrink wrapped uh, like fifty packs of floppy disks, uh, the recycled disks as I mentioned, formatted, unformatted, double density, low density, high density, That's and cool. so yeah, like this guy is. Is still is still doing this sort of thing, and 
it all started off the previous employer that he worked for uh, decided to do their own disk duplication because it was cheaper for them to buy the uh, duplicating rigs than to hire a company to do the disk duplication for their for their products. Yeah, that's uh, some of those things are still in demand. I mean, even floppy disks. They're still used occasionally today. And well, I, shit, man. There's, you know? there's still municipalities in Japan that are still doing things by floppy disk. I mean, I think I have some floppies in my desk that I'm keeping for uh, in case I need one. Sometimes you just find out you need one, uh, depending on what industry you're in. Yeah, yeah. when, 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 um, when like, we're in like the post-apocalyptic computer society, floppy disks are currency, like, like <laughs> bottle caps in Fallout. Hey, man, that's going to cost you 10 saves. That's what they're going to say. <laughs> it's 10 saves. I got five floppies here. What'll that get me? <laughs> It'll uh, get you a blowjob! God. Oh, jeez. We got five floppies. What's that get you? <laughs> All right. That's low-hanging fruit. I'm refusing to do low-hanging fruit today because I have also had a long week and a long day, and low-hanging fruit is uh, is not my thing right now. I love low-hanging fruit. <laughs> Let's see. It's so easy to grab and and eat. Unfortunately, that also means, like, the bugs are more likely to get to it, though, so. Mm. Let us continue. Well, uh, speaking of avoiding the, hitty, the, the low-hanging fruit, I have a little bit of Wyndham, New Hampshire history. Uh, I was recently turned on to the fact that there is a lake, I guess a pond, in a town near where I grew up called Hitty Titty Pond. I don't remember hearing this growing up, but there's a... Uh, that is a great name. It, uh, it has a little rhyme, Hitty Titty, according to this WyndhamHistory.org uh, page on it, is Hitty Titty. It says, Hitty titty indoors, hitty titty out. You touch hitty titty, and hitty titty will bite you. <laughs> Just in case you were wondering. I, I've never been bitten by a titty. I have. I never wonder what been, that's like. I've never been bitten by a titty either. That sounds terrifying. Well, that was uh, that was my totally not low-hanging fruit story. There is a little picture of it, and it was just a random discovery on a map. Uh, but there's a. Uh, it's a nice looking area. There's some nice history books that you can buy when you're uh, in certain uh, certain bookstores where they'll have a lot of the local town historical societies will get um, publishing deals to basically, as far as I can tell, they basically write the book for the publisher and they provide the photos and all this stuff and they end up having a book that someone else gets paid more, more money every time it's bought. Uh, but there's a whole industry that does like the local history you know they're usually thin little white books they're i imagine them being the size of the driver's manual <laughs> but i know that no one else knows what the size of that thing is so uh, for the new hampshire driver's manual but the uh bottom line is there is some funny town names around the world and i think we've done us a, a bit on them once or twice or i guess this is a pond name so there are fu there are funny place names out there like Cucamonga or Seattle. <laughs> Seattle. Seattle. That what a funny name, Seattle. Um, I do have some st more stuff from New England. I've got a little story from about sunken steamboats from the BBC. Which why Ooh. I'm pulling a BBC article to discuss something that happens at Moosehead Lake in Maine. I do not know, but this is where the uh, the content was. 
And I learned something when I was picking through this article earlier, and it's that the steamboats, well, they used to be all over the place uh, from like the 1800s and so on. They would they would go out of service, and you know what they do with them? They'd sink them. They just sink them. Which we've covered sunken ships before, but I haven't thought about you know old sunken ships like steamboats. And apparently, there's some underwater you can go and and find. And there's a photograph of one. Uh, it's called the Priscilla in the show notes, and it's scuttled, as they say, and it's just hanging out underwater. Cool, just just chilling. Yep, and it makes me think of a song. It's a it's an old like uh, Irish folk standard. Uh, Mary Allen Carter. Have you ever heard that one? Rise Again is what it's called. I'm sure Booberry knows this song. Booberry probably knows this song. It's a song about uh, taking a sunken boat and rising it to the surface. And it's a very optimistic... Uh, it's, a, it's a metaphor for turning a new leaf in life and, uh, and getting past hardships. But it's a, it's a fun song. And there's only one other song I know about that's about um, raising boats. And I think I played both of them on the, the stream once before. And that's I know uh, more songs about about boats sinking than I know about boats uh, being lifted. I know one song but about you know, boats you know, sinking. They actually like even these days they will they will purposely sink a boat at the end of its life uh, after after of course removing various uh, parts that may be environmental hazards. Uh, sometimes cutting huge holes. Inside, inside the boat or ship, and sometimes even through the hull. Mm-hmm. And you know why they do that? Because it costs too much to, to do anything else? No, because it helps create an artificial reef that improves the environment for uh, the, the wildlife in the sea, as well as making things more interesting for divers. I'll buy the interesting for divers part, but... Some of this sounds. I've always been suspicious of some of this because there's been people complaining about, you know, scuttled ships before, and uh, I'm not. I'm not seeing the great benefit to uh, nature of putting a, uh, what's essentially a big piece of trash down below. Um, I what well, I do like, like. I said the the stuff the stuff that would be like that would be bad that the EPA would complain about all gets removed. Essentially, what you're dragging, what you're dragging out and sinking, is a bunch of metal and plywood. Hmm. Like they pull out, they pull out the carpets, right? They pull out the the mo- the engines and the fuel tanks and all of that shit. And essentially, you've got like, you've got like a big metal holy equivalent of those little uh, plastic boats that kids have in the <laughs> bathtub. I feel like we've done a story on on uh, sinking ships before, and I'm trying to. Yeah, it was the lobster boat. The um, remember the Saguenay uh, warning. Uh, let's see, CBC put this out. Let's see, where they were just saying it made it better. Yeah, let me let me play this one. Here's the clip. Yeah, play it. Okay, let me load it up, and we will hit play. From the beginning, lobster fishermen opposed the idea of the Saguenay as a marine park because they fear lobster habitat could be harmed. Now, they're furious. This is only one disaster, but there's many more to follow. But the politicians let them sink it and let them put it there. Now what trouble are we going to have to face in the future? Yeah, and they were really yeah. mad. Here's what the politicians had to say. It's not a bad situation. 
this is better. Yeah, that's what they said. <laughs> that's what politicians always say. Yeah. Here is the uh, response. This has to be straightened up. They can't leave it like that. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty bad. Uh, yeah. I, I think in that case, it was, uh, they were furious over the fact that it obstructed one of these lanes because it didn't sink sideways as it should have, and it sunk uh, in the wrong posture. So um, maybe a stretch yeah, to say usually it's about the thing life, with, but... the, the sinkings that I'm talking about are usually far enough out that no matter how, no matter how it settles, it's not going to be a hazard to navigation. Mm. Well, it's all interesting. Uh, did were you aware of the um, the fact that they would use certain salvage from s sunken ships, um, especially metal, for certain processes because they uh, they didn't have any radioactive um, or they had a very low latent radiation. Being, yes, I have heard about that being uh, sunk sunk metal ships from before the atomic age. Because after atomic bombs started blowing up everywhere, the uh, the local, uh, the latent, the, let's say the background radiation of a lot of things uh, increased a little bit, and, and it included uh, processed metal. So if you went and um, if you had tried to make steel, I think it was, is what they were salvaging, uh, after you know, nuclear material had been spread around a little bit. The background radiation increased. It actually increased the, the that background radiation was included in the new forged, I still believe it was steel, but if you could go back and go underwater where there's a lot of protection from that, uh, you can salvage a big hunk of steel that doesn't have that inside it. And if you needed to build, I, I'm trying to remember what the hell they were doing with it. It was some sensitive electronic thing where they didn't want radiation. You could use like it a to, neutrino detector or something. Yeah. It's, you, you can build some, uh, some specialized equipment. They had to go down under the ocean and get this steel with the, uh, with the low radiation properties. <laughs> very, uh, very interesting boat salvage trivia. Rise again. Rise again. That's my impression of the song. <laughs> well, well, um, let's see. Where do you want to go from here? I've got some stuff. I got, I got more history, except this time it's uh, actually no. There, digital history or or like civilization history. Okay. Which do you prefer? Okay, let me tell you what I have first. I got potato news and I got uh, some music. Oh shit! You've got potato news. Yeah. But we need a few good taters. It's potato news on Rare Encounter. Potatoes. All right, this story comes from PepsiCo, India. Uh, actually, it comes from indiaspend.com, uh, and it has, is about PepsiCo India, which, by the way, is trampling on farmers' rights. Have you heard? Unsurprisingly. Yes. Uh, this ties into some feisty politics about uh, registering varieties of plants as being basically owned by a, a corporation and then using that as a bludgeon to control who can grow them and who can uh, sell them. And, and, and Oh, the Monsanto, the Monsanto way of doing business. Yes, except this time it's PepsiCo. What's... If you thought... <laughs> What do you think's worse, Monsanto or which I guess is Bear now or Pepsi? Monsanto. Okay. Well, uh, I, I at least I, with, at least with Pepsi, you choose 
to poison yourself with uh, horrible things. It's it's a whole different situation with Monsanto where they're forcing it on you. Okay. It's a good take, actually. Well, this is a story of um, Lay's potato chips ha- being made from a particular variety, and they have at one point tried to register the that variety of potatoes. It's the... Um, FL2027 variety, I think, if I'm reading this properly. And it's what they make the chips out of. They initially had some uh, some protections, and then they were revoked after the, some courtroom battles. And the, uh, the bottom line is there's a dispute where a, a particular organization called the International IPR uh, is seeking to give plant variety breeders the right to enforce... Uh, no, IPR is intellectual property rights. I'm reading plant authority. Let's see, I'm I got the wrong acronym. It's PPVFRA, Protection of Plant Varieties and Farmers Rights Authority. That's what I was trying to come up with. So this is plantauthority.gov.in, and I'll put the the link in there because I want to share this website with you. Um, and I'll pop that in there. So this is a organization which is arguing for the revocation of PepsiCo's, or I'm sorry, it says PepsiCo India's registration. And I just want you to take in this website. <laughs> I think because I think it's fantastic. I like the colors. I like the layout. I like the the button on the top that just says click to click to go on main content. Are you seeing any of this? Hold on. It's still loading for me. <laughs> it's a very it's a very interesting website. It has um, pictures of corn, and it's pictures of people meditating on a carpet in the middle of a field. This is an this is an uh, in organization from India. Do you see it yet? I, I can't just talk about it. It's, it's still at loading, it. but yes, I see. I see the picture. Uh, glimpses of International Yoga Day celebration. <laughs> yes. So I was hoping that you had it up so I could riff on it a little bit. But the uh, the conference that they're at has some very interesting la- uh, trappings and, and everything. But if you don't see it, then we can't talk about it. Yeah, there's a there's a picture of a bunch of people. Uh, rice is it, are they are they planting and harvesting rice? I think. Yeah, there's all kinds of things that they're doing, and so they're trying to get rid of this um, this idea that farmers can be um, persecuted for growing plants. You grow a plant that we own. We bred the plant. It's not yours. You know, it's kind of, I don't know. It's, it's something that's never sat well with me. And, uh, it's something that only happens when you're, when you're living in a world where businesses have essentially taken over and governments are beholden to them instead of the people. So they had, Pepsi was filing lawsuits against nine farmers who were quote-unquote illegally growing this FL 2027 potato variety. And they said, you didn't pay a license. Oi, you got a license for that potato? That's what they said. I think, no, it would be more like, do you have a license for that potato? (laughs) We have, um, I don't know, it's some commentary. Uh, eh. I don't know if there's much more I want to say on this. Other than, I think this is a story that'd be worth tracking, and we should revisit mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I, I have one more... Pot- Pepsi. I got one more piece of potato news. Um, now, if you want to fuck potatoes, this might be the way to do it. 
Pussy this, flavor potatoes. That is what it is. Thank you very much. So this is chazchips.com. Let me post this in, in the link uh, in the chat room. Uh, this is pussy flavored potato chips, limited edition. They are 18 plus adults only potato chips, so uh, don't let children eat these chips. They do taste. Uh, they have they have a taste that will cause sexual initiation, which you're too young for. The limited edition chips. Uh, I don't have. Wow, geez, how come I linked the foreign language one? The yeah, only part is... of the story that's interesting is that it is that it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a disgusting flavor of Lithuanian? I think so. I don't know. Let's decipher this together. I've only been sent this link by Boobery, I think. So credit to him. And there uh, is... Yeah, I changed the LT to EN, and now it's in English. Oh, cool. Attention! We sold out this product. The second limited batch will arrive by the end of September. Buy now and be the first to receive it. After all, pleasant things are worth waiting for. Look, do you know that we the world is going to hell? It says, according I, to I've known that for quite some time. Let's do this uh, cold read. According to several past years' research data around the world, millennials are having three times less sex than their parents at the same age. It is unbelievable that someone is choosing social media instead of live communication, dating, and real sex. Chaz team. Chaz. Oh. Wait, Chaz. We Chaz! Need, we need justice for Chaz! Sorry. <laughs> Chaz team is a young, bold, and socially responsible. Uh, we So we took the disastrous we trend... We took this disastrous trend very personally. We decided to draw everyone's attention to it and thus contribute to solving the problem. That is how we came up with the idea to create the first in the world pussy flavor chips. Pussy flavored chips are A. Chips with a unique taste for brave and free people. Are you brave and free, Cold? I am brave. I'm not too sure about free. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of expensive. Everyone's free if they're brave enough. After tasting it, you will remember your wildest love adventures, your first real love, and maybe even lose your oral virginity. Interesting. B. A great gift for the one you love, cause to initiate a romantic evening, or just simple delight for your taste buds and fun chat about sex. Or C. Perfect way to test your friend's courage, openness, and sense of humor. Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. P.S. For girls and women, if this or previous year you were pleased by someone, it is very likely that you have directly contributed to the creation of this taste. <laughs> question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Well, I think these would be good dipped in ketchup. What do you think? Mm, <laughs> I'm not too I'm not too big on the on the idea of mixing the flavors of tomato and cunt. Okay. <laughs> Let's go in. No, the... you know, you, you know, you definitely, you definitely don't want to eat these with salsa. Uh oh, what would happen if you did that? Just, well, just imagine the the texture and chunks of salsa and the taste of vag. Oh, be like that time it... in Tijuana. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got. This is ridiculous. We got to move on. Uh, thank you, Boobery, if you did indeed send me that. Someone sent it to me. I'll give credit to Boobs anyway. Uh, we have... I've got some other stupid topics. I don't know. I got some clips of Ryan Bemrose, by the way. 
making noise, moving around. Yeah, he's doing all kinds of things. Back and forth. He's going back and forth, man. Lude. Did you hear that one? Rocking back and yeah. forth, banging into the table. Yeah, he's doing everything. You put the phone on the table. Yeah, that's what you do. I got I got one of Darren O'Neill also. And it rocks. <laughs> nice. That's that's a good clip of him. Yeah, I like I like the combo here. It's like you put the phone on the table. And it rocks. There you go. There you go. <clears throat> okay, I see that you have in in your notes the the video game for Will Riker. The trombone hero? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you want me to play some trombone hero for you? you do you want to introduce it? No, I just saw that you have this in there. You got to tell me about it. All right, this is PC Gamer has a story about the world's first trombone rhythm game, and they claim is a game of the year contender. Trombones, hot dogs, baboons, collectible cars, blah, 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 blah. Trombone Champ has it all, and it's this goofy-looking rhythm game where you play various songs basically as a but played by trombones, like famous songs. Like, I got a clip of one, okay? This might give you a, an idea of what you're in for. Have you had enough yet? No. Yes! Okay, now I've had enough. Yeah, okay. That's it. It fades out there. So that is what the game sounds like, and it looks just as derpy as it uh, as it sounds. Trombo okay, yeah, Hero. I'm looking at the article now and these videos of it, and yeah, it is a it is a black Wii with a trombone. It is trombone champ, I should specify the, yeah, the correct black, name for it. A black me. Me. Yeah. Uh, so there's unicorns in the background, according to some of these screenshots. There's some very, very interesting imagery involved in this game. The developer is apparently a company called Holy Wow, and I've never heard of them. This looks like a dumb idea that uh, got taken seriously and, and uh, then it picked up the press for being so wacky. It, it, it just looks fun. Okay, you want to know something? That is like that is like the story behind like a million game jam games. Oh yeah. So something something silly and dumb gets put together and everybody at the jam is like, "Holy shit, this is the best thing." And then the the developer goes and like, "Okay, let's polish this up and mm -hmm. stick it on Steam and it becomes like some sort of weird indie hit." Like Remember getting this never over happened it? to me though, which is which is sad. Oh, the pogo goat didn't make it. <laughs> no, do you, there was one that I always thought was the most interesting, just because of its bizarre premise. Uh, it was getting over it. Have you ever seen that game? That's the no. one where you're like the guy inside a flower pot with a sledgehammer, and you have to climb over a bunch of shit. And getting that, over it with Bennett Foddy. Yeah, Foddy. 
And then as you play the game, um, so you, you start the game popping out of a pot and then using a sledgehammer to move around. Yeah. So you whack stuff with a sledgehammer and it pops you up. It is a wild game. And as you play, there's a narrator who just has these long form motivational speeches it just comes on and talks to you like when you make it over things it starts telling you in metaphors you know uh, uh you know di- different kind of motivational speak kind of things oh it's a cauldron servo points out uh um, ah, cauldron and when you fall well, down a cauldron I think he... is just a bigger pot <laughs> it's a uh, it's a fun game so there was that and there was goat simulator was another f- like wow oh, i one. fucking loved goat simulator that was a lot of fun actually yeah goat simulator was a wild ride if you know what I mean. Um, oh, is that it? What are you listening to? Is that getting yeah, over? Yeah, the trailer for Goat... Oh, Goat Simulator? The trailer for Goat Simulator, yeah. Oh, boy. Very strange. As the camera pans... As the camera zooms out, you see somebody running backwards on fire. And the goat... Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Goat dragging somebody onto a uh, treadmill and launching them into a car. Yeah, seeing this, it's majestic. That put me in a mood, man. Makes me want to like, have space sounds in the background. What if we had space sounds in the background? Like we could do the rest of the show well, with one of those we beds. We could, we could do that. I mean, on Hog Story, they got the they got the nature mic. Oh yeah, right. Well, what about a faucet? Oh, I have a bit about a faucet dripping. I forgot no, about that don't, too. No, no dripping faucets or otherwise. I'm gonna have to start wearing a diaper when we do the show. <laughs> what about a? Or I'd be constantly bemrosing. What about? Well, you know, you just gotta do it. It rocks. That's what they say. As long as you're Fletcher not... wonders if there's Human Centipede, the game. <laughs> uh, that was called uh, Euphoria, the visual level. Okay. Back and forth. Yeah, that's what they do in that game. Making noise, <laughs> moving around. That's all that happens in that one. Oh, <laughs> uh, Euphoria. I was surprised when they the HBO gave it a, uh, <laughs> a uh, miniseries. Jeez, that was a joke that is about four years too late. <laughs> <laughs> which i think i made that joke on twitter when it came out and uh it was bad back then also and it's bad still today there's probably two guys who know what i'm joking about that'll uh they'll they're in stitches don't worry we have oh, throw away throw away um earlier today john carmack uh tweeted that he is he is excited about all the ai generated art that's been showing up recently okay is is he watching exciting art? Giggity. He says the AI image generation explosion in recent months is delightful to watch from an ecosystem anthropology point of view, as well as for the actual content. Hmm. It's a a little bit of a stretch. I mean, I see some of these. Some of them are actually good, but most of the stuff I see is not. It's low effort you're not using the ai as a part of your artistic process there's a lot of people who just make it this oh it's an image let's it that's i'm done 
you know, there's some of it. Some of it comes out as like really fucking screwy, no matter what, as well. I mean, like crayon loves like to replace people with like fucking Cthulhuistic horrors. You know what I would describe this uh, AI-generated art as being most similar to? What? Flower arranging. Hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah, I can imagine it. Hmm. Yeah, you're curating. You're just curating things. Getting over yeah, it. Yeah, essentially. You, you give it something to start with, and then you, and then you choose which, which one of its outputs you like, right? And you just go from there. And yeah, essentially... You're not doing anything except arranging things. Yeah, as Serpent said in the chat, babysitting the algorithm. Hmm, interesting. Serpent. Serpent, not Serpent. I think Serpent, the, the other of the twin snakes, might have some commentary on that. Maybe he'll, he'll uh, get back to us sometime. I'd like to get him... Uh, I don't know if he'd be willing to go on the show, but I need to get back in touch with him and talk to him about AI shit. Uh, he's an interesting guy to talk to. Um, I you do... know who else is probably interesting to talk to about uh, AI shit? You? CSB. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he has AI.cooking, uh, performed by Gregory, Gregory William Forsyth Foreman. Uh, of Kent. Of Kent, the king of Kent. Yeah. Let's see. Um, I do want to play my, my faucet drip, uh, because it's more than a faucet drip. Let me, let me pitch it to you. It's a guy who is recording drippings of his faucet, and was just playing them back as kind of rhythms. So he uh, listened to drips and then went back and tried to make a song out of them. It'll make sense. Okay, okay, you can play it. But if I have to Bemrose, this is on your head. Okay, <laughs> don't pee on my head, cold acid, please. <laughs> All right, here we go. So it's kind of got the groove going, you know? I'm grooving as we speak. And this is kind of like AI-generated art, except instead of an AI, it's reality. Though maybe if reality was an AI, then it would be the same. Interesting. Hmm. You know what? Listening... I'm now looking for AI-generated... <laughs> AI, AI that can generate music. I need an AI that can generate a bath for me. And AI-generated music sucks. I've heard it before. It It is a thing. It's not that great. I remember using some certain things that would uh, programmatically, not not uh, not like all the AI stuff, really, but you'd give it a seed, and it would, like, Ooh. procedurally generate, uh, well, supposedly it's music, <laughs> but it sounded, it sounded more like chaos to me there was a discussion um i i've been with the academic music crowd a couple times and they there's a distinction you need to make between electronic music that's lowercase e electronic lowercase m music which is what you might want to listen to and then then there are the people who make capital e electronic capital m music and that is miserable to be in the same room with for 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 20 minutes let alone two hours um, and i have been in that experience it's just uh it's just a little wild 
I'm trying to find this uh, this site where I had done some of this stuff and created horrible things. Well, while you're doing that, I'm going to do the podcast rundown, which we haven't done in a while. So okay. we're sort of do. Yeah, we haven't done that in a while. There's a couple shows that I want to comment on. And the first thing is Hog Story had episode 318 most recently. It was called Lou Games, which I think is a mashup between uh, maybe Lou Thomas and Chris Gaines. Maybe Lou Raid and Chris Gaines. That's Lou Games. <laughs> um <laughs> So a, a very weird musical act. You you wouldn't expect that one to happen. Um, I wonder when Chris Gaines will come back and grace us with his presence again. Uh, Behind the Schemes had episode 117, Simple Jack by Skinnerd, which was a fun in-person episode with Bubri and Lavash, uh, both uh, continual contributors to Rare Encounter, so we thank them very much. Um, also, I should mention, uh, John Fletcher of Hawk Story has sent us some album art about pants, which is in, yes, uh, he has. consideration actually <laughs> for the, for the, uh, the icon for the show. So thank you, Fletcher. This is, uh, your effort has not gone unnoticed. <laughs> uh, we also <laughs> have, uh, Grumpy Old Ben's, they had episode 195, Rantal Goodness, where, uh, there's a, interesting discussion about ethereum of all things that just kind of they ripped it out you know what the weirdest thing about grumpy old bands was what the time that they recorded it the time or the day well at some level those things are the same this was released yesterday which was a tuesday because somebody somebody was getting their tooth fucked with yeah i i was actually able to listen to let's say most of the show because uh because they recorded at a reasonable time. That is not Wednesday. But it's. Uh, I want to direct people to the show anyway. Uh, it's. Uh, we don't get to talk about them enough because they usually record uh, the same day we do. So that is Ryan Bemrose, of course, who sounds like this. Rocking back and forth, banging into the table. And then we also, on that show, is Darren O'Neill, who sounds like this. And it rocks. Yep. <laughs> and uh, they yep. do a show about, about um, all kinds of things, including tech news. For, yeah. for for once. Uh, bowl After Bowl had a new episode that came out on Tuesday, if I recall correctly. It was uh, episode 191, The White Pond. They had a, recently had some bowls with buds, which were interesting too, uh, by the way. They had Cotton Gin and Lavish on, which is a fun listen. Uh, that was an in-person foursome. An unforced, an unforced foursome. Have you ever seen one of those? The, the uh geez we're uh we're digging holes today aren't we and uh, i think that's that's it everything on my radar has been covered um i was gonna promote the um the smugglers log i'm waiting to find out when they do a season two let's see meet us pod had a new episode out people should listen to if you haven't heard about it then you might not be using CurioCaster because it is pinned to the top and it, it says have you heard they have a big ad now. So CurioCaster, you're doing ads? Come on. And of all people, Midas, come on. No, we love Midas. He's been a guest on the show before. Midas! What's up, nerds? And that's all I got for that. All I have is what I've said. I, I, like, how, I like how JCD says it. JCD said it best. What's up, nerds? <laughs> yeah, you're... Making noise, moving around. That's what you're doing. All right, well, we've got a little bit of time left. 
we got a little bit of time left, maybe for another story, and then we can do close out and maybe even two stories if you're fast. You yeah, so let's go back in time. <gasps> let's go. Yeah, I want to go in back time. in time. Uh, should I get a time travel sound? I can probably do that. Back to back to the late third, early second millennium BC. All right, time machine's going. Here we go. Time machine is taking off. All right, we're there. <laughs> that was it. That's the sound the time machine makes. Yeah. Well, welcome to Elam, the the land just to the east of Mesopotamia, from which Iran would one day rise. Okay. Now, Elamite, that writing, like there was an Elamite language with its own script that was that there is a proto-Elamite writing. And that script appeared around the same time as Cuneiform did in Mesopotamia. And then later on, uh, some long time later, long another time. form probably probably evolved from Proto-Elamite, known as Linear Elamite, appeared. And until recently, people couldn't really make heads or tails of what it was saying. But then this group of this group of scientists determined that they they might be able to recreate the phonology and uh, script use of linear elamite. And of course, because of, because of this, the Smithsonian magazine had to run an article about have scholars finally deciphered a mysterious ancient script. So the the paper about this was published at the beginning of July. This Smithsonian Magazine article was published at the beginning of August. And the the approach that they took doesn't match up at all with the actual article to the point that they were the Smithsonian Magazine article was saying that there's controversy about this despite the fact that there wasn't actually any controversy about it. Uh, pretty much, pretty much all the scholars were saying, "Yeah, this. We haven't found anything that sticks out that we need to yell about in this." And then they also made it that it's all about this one person who's one of the one of the authors of the paper, rather than like the group of them. So, one of one of the one of the people who wrote the paper actually wrote, wrote and published on somebody else's blog an article calling out the Smithsonian for their for their shitty article. Hmm. I'm not um So I just wanted to lay like yeah this is this is neat because I'm always interested in like the the rise of civilizations types of topics and and ancient languages and I like to see journalists being dragged out onto the carpet. Hmm. Yeah, there's. I've had a long, I won't say history with with uh, museums, but when I was, there was always some skepticism, and I, I was trained with when going to uh, to some of these places where it's like, hey, you don't really. They 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 state opinions as fact more often than than they should in some of these places and it's not even the museum it's the magazine that has well, the same name it's the same it's the same people you know they're all basically librarians um and not not the hot kind um 
the uh, I don't know. It's just something has been off-putting about that for years. I'm not. What I'm trying to get at is I'm not actually surprised by anything you just said. This sounds like a typical uh, thing that goes on. The kind that blocked your password sensor, Ben. Yes, yeah. those librarians. <laughs> <laughs> The, the neat thing is, I mean, I mean, it took the Rosetta Stone to be able to figure out the Egyptian hieroglyphics, right? Mm -hmm. And now, now, like ha having something else that we haven't been able to decipher for as long as we've known it existed, right? Being able to start to see, like, what what did the Elamite language sound like? What what sign? What like were were like the words for things? Right now, right now, Elamite is viewed as a language isolate, and it might be that from this we might be able to determine that no, it actually fits into one of the existing known language families of the world, right? Hmm. So like that sort of thing. Honestly, if I had a time machine, even if it even if it was just like I'm sealed in a bubble so that I can't interact with anything in the time that I go back to. Uh oh. Like my first trip would be going back to like the rise of civilization in like Sumer and in the Indus Valley. You know, see seeing these ancient and I mean, for the time, like, pretty complex and advanced societies. Oh, man. Well, we got careful about that bubble. You know what happens with bubbles? They kind of pop. They pop. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's a bubble. Popping. <laughs> no, I'm That not. wasn't a pop. That sounded like... That sounded like a toilet bubble. That sounded like a like fart in a bathtub. Air coming up. That sounded like a fart in a bathtub. Let's listen to that. Well, yeah, that's, that's more that than a fart. Fart. That is more than one. How about one of these? Yeah, okay, sorry. It was the dog! Dear God. No, this, uh... Sure! I've uh, been... <laughs> the goose. There's ducks in here, man. Okay, I like this uh, article. I've been reading it, uh, which is why I haven't been so responsive to you. The... It's hard to get through. I don't have an opinion. I haven't seen this until just now, and I'm trying to skim it fast enough to respond. But thanks for sharing it with me. I appreciate that. I I have something that I could share with you if uh, if you'd like. It's something that I've had since sure. since we began the podcast, uh, and I've I haven't brought it, but it's been sitting on my desk for about a year and a half since I found it in a box, and uh, it's called the Umbral Anthology of Science Fiction Poetry. And it was a free book that got handed to me. It was a free handout at a literature convention I went to, oh, so many years ago, back when I was in Denver. And uh, So you're going to read us a poem. Yeah, I'm going to read you a poem from, from this. And uh, I just want to <laughs> pick one. At, I, I picked one at random, and I'm going to read it to you. So, uh, and, and there's enough. I mean, this is a 200-something page book with a lot of interesting poetry inside it. All right, you ready? <clears throat> I'm ready. <clears throat> Should I get some background? Background music? Maybe sure, put on, some, put on some space music. Space music. Uh, let's do a uh, space music server. 
This one says server room. That's close enough to being in space, right? If you're sure. In, if you're in a server room, it's the same as being in space. All right, so this is our... This is perfect for sci-fi uh, sci-fi stuff, you know. We'll be, like, in a server room. All right, let me get the loop going. <clears throat> it is... 2,121, and you are a feral cow in Saint, South St. Paul. The machines that fill your trough and clean your stall are observing the century of my death by playing a recording of this poem. You lift your head to listen to the jabbering that fills the glade and wait for the soft music that always returns. That's it. That's the poem. Yeah. That was, that was a poem. Alternative Apparently. Universe 2 is the name of that one. Weird. Very weird. Do you want me to hit, hit you with another look for didn't, another didn't, short one? didn't seem all that poetic, to be honest. Well, I mean, this is a self-published book on sci-fi poetry. Self-published. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's it, well, it's like, it's a lot of different people. You know, they have The World in the Year 2000. Let's read that one. By Marge Piercy. It will be covered to a depth of seven inches by the little white plastic chips at once soft and repellent to the touch and with the ability to bounce like baby beach balls under the table and under the radiator. They come in boxes with toasters, with vitamin pills, with whatever. As packing material, they will conquer the world. They are doing it already, beginning with my kitchen. How about that? Okay. That's it. You don't like that? That's poetry, dog. Eh, doesn't really do it for me. Okay, well, I'm going to keep the bit going until we find one that you like. All right, <laughs> well, keep it going then. Let, no, let's we'll, see we'll do what it next you week. get to. We'll do it next week. We'll do it next week. I'll come back with some more science fiction poetry. How about that for a bit? No, so, somewhere I have some writings that I did. Oh, God. And, and that... they weren't necessarily sci-fi, but... Uh... Are you going to read I, your poems on Rare Encounter? Because I think that would be a good I, bit. If you read that, I will record a jingle for it. It wasn't It wasn't poetry, though. So. Okay. It was just, like, I wrote a little vignette. Do, if you're going to read it on the show to next week, I will do a jingle for you. Not next week, though. The week after. Well, first I have to find it. Okay. That, that's the first thing. Well, what do you think about wrapping the show here? You want to do anything else? We got some boostograms that we have to get through. Or do we? We yeah, have, we have a, a boostogram. We have at least one. Do we have more than one? I yeah. think we, I don't know. I'm opening it now. Do you want to read it? I've read all the, uh, <clears throat> all the ones uh, before the show. Here we go. Okay, the only boostogram that came in during the show. This is for Rare Encounter. 115 Live is 5,000 sats from Blue Douche, who says... I'm out of sats. No, you're not. You had at least 5,000. Any suggestions for places to buy without massive wallet transfer fees? I think that wallet transfer fees are like death and taxes. That's my, my current understanding of it because I've been looking, I've been asking the same question. <laughs> uh, Blue douche, I am in the middle of trying to get together a strategy for getting Bitcoin. Uh, I'm looking for places that aren't completely destroyed like... Uh, uh, like, I don't want to use Coinbase, for example. Um, and I'm looking for some strategy that lets me turn USD into Bitcoin and get it into my own node so I can be my own bank. The reporting for that's on Ablecraft. Uh, I don't really talk about it here. But when I get something, I will be mentioning it on there. So uh, 
I guess, tune in. <laughs> I don't have a solution yet. I'm still fucking working on it. So unfortunately, I don't have the answer. But thank you for contribut- contributing to the show. And in the amount of 5,000 sats, uh, that makes you the highest uh, booster of the episode that happened during the episode. <laughs> All right, I think that was it. Space music, close yeah. enough. Da, 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 da. Well, are we rapping? Is Space that it? music. Are we rapping? Is that it? Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, I'm feeling it too. I had just such... remember. I just remember. Do you have? Do you have an added phobia? Well, no. you better watch out because. <laughs> All right. Until next time, I'm Abel Kirby. I'm cold acid. Stay fruity, boys. I had a good woman. But she laid down, honey, and died. Oh, I had a good woman. But she laid down and died. Don't you know everybody tell me she wasn't sad?